get started. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house to worship and to praise you. Lord, we just ask for your presence to be in our presence this evening. Lord, we ask that you would speak to our hearts as only you can. We'll give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, let's all turn to page 571. Page 571. When we all get to heaven. I haven't sung this one for a long time. Let's really raise it up. Face to face in all his glory, page 555, page 555.
Folks, we have that hope. We have that hope within us. Amen. And it's by his grace and his shed blood that we're going to see him face to face. Okay, let's have some fellowship time. Amen. It's good to see everyone out this evening. Hope and pray that you've had a good week already and uh, looking forward to what the Lord's going to do this evening. Speak to our hearts. We've been studying the book of Philippians and we're going to continue there tonight. We're going to ask you to join me in Philippians chapter number four. Philippians probably my favorite book of the Bible. Um, I, I enjoy it. It's a book of rejoicing. And uh, chapter 4 is probably, where I mean, that's where my life verse comes from, and it's probably one of my favorite chapters. Uh, so and that's where we're going to be at tonight, well, the first part of uh, the chapter, and then we'll get in, I think we got probably three, three more weeks or so in the book of Philippians. But uh, Philippians chapter number 4, verse 1, the Bible says, Therefore, my brethren, 
uh, my brethren dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech you, Odemus, Odemus, uh, and beseech you, Seneca, uh, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labor with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other of my fellow laborers, whose name are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. Lord, that we can just open up the bread of life and just uh, we can feast from your word tonight. Lord, I pray that you would give us something to carry us through the week. And Lord, pray that you would get the glory for it. Uh, Lord, thank you again for all that you do. We'll give you praise and glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the missing uh, yet most vital parts of uh, uh, among Christian people today is unity. Is unity. I believe we have a blessed church and that there's unity in our church, but it's not something that we should take for granted and we need to continue to work on. The Bible says in Psalm 133, verse 1, it says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's a blessing that we dwell together in unity. It's not something that uh, uh, every church has, and I thank the Lord for that. God has made each of us to labor together. And uh, what I've noticed is that there's, uh, there's no little uh, big eyes and little U's. Uh, we work together. We're, we labor together for the Lord's glory. Too often the harvest is lost because the laborers are fighting over, uh, over the job, the position, and over uh, who gets the glory for it. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, verse 6, it says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Anything that's done is uh, in the name of the Lord is for his glory. And we're to reflect the glory back uh, off of us. It's nothing that anything that we can do. I mean, if anything gets accomplished in this, in this church, it's because of His grace and His mercy. And He gets all the credit. Uh, when a soul saved, it's not because we're just that good of a church. It's because He's just that good of a God. And we need to, refer, we need to reflect all that back to Him, give Him all glory. I have people come in and say, Pastor, tremendous message. Usually what you'll hear me say is, praise the Lord. Give Him the glory. And I appreciate the compliments. I really do. And, and, but I want to reflect that back because anything that's done uh, for His glory, it, it is for His glory. It's not for anything that I can accomplish. Because I can tell you, uh, as a few weeks ago, I was stuttering and stammering around up here. Uh, but uh, God still can use that, the, the message, and, and work in people's hearts. The Holy Spirit of God does that in spite of ourselves. So all glory goes to Him. When there is strife within the body of believers, the wheels will soon come off. And uh, when the wheels come off, then uh, nothing works out good. Okay, so we, Paul in this lesson, he warns the believers uh, of the potential disaster that awaits a church that is in disharmony, that isn't in harmony together. 
The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 7. It says, Judge not that ye be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam which is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam that is out of thy own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. I don't think the idea here is that uh, the Lord is saying here that, uh, you know, um, you get the... You get your, all your thing, your life together, and then you'll be able to help others out. Because in reality, I think what he's saying here is that you have enough problems to worry about. Worry about your own issues. And uh, we often overlook uh, our sins and our failures and our improprieties and things such as that. And we excuse our faults, uh, but we find the faults so easily in others. And that the Lord is telling us here that we need to, we work together. There's, no, there's not a person in this room, including myself, and my wife can really attest to that, there's no perfect people in this room. No one. And so how can we start pointing fingers at each other and saying, well, he's doing this and she's doing that. And No, that's not how we work together. Worry about your own self. That's when I'm in counseling. I'm counseling a young couple now, and, and uh, they want to point fingers at each other. I said, no, when you're pointing your finger at, at her, uh, there's three other fingers pointing back at you. And uh, I said, the thing of it is, you need to worry about yourself. And I told her the same thing. You don't need to be pointing your finger at him. You need to be pointing your finger at yourself. It's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in need of prayer. And uh, well, that's what we need to work on ourselves. It is like the unforgiving servant in Matthew chapter 18 who owed a large amount of debt and asked for compassion. You remember the story. The master had compassion and forgave him of the debt. And then he went to the one that owed him a little debt and he demanded that debt to be paid in full. And when he didn't, he cast him into prison. You remember? What was, what was the problem? There was a lack of compassion. One of the most amazing facts to me about God is that He loves people so much that He sent His only begotten Son to the cross to die for our sins. To, the fact of the matter is, is he, he died for people that wouldn't love Him back. And the thing of it is, is that God's love is unconditional. Jesus Christ paid the penalty for the sins of people who will never ask forgiveness. But he still willfully went to the cross. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.15 it says, And that he died for all. He is not willing that any should perish. But all should come to repentance. It is this kind of love that Paul writes to the un unlovable church. He says in 2 Corinthians 12.15 it says, And I will... Very gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. I believe we need this kind of giving and unselfish love in our churches today among God's people. And as we have seen in previous lessons, the devil is he wants to divide us. He wants to destroy us. And and Christians, if if he can get in between you and your your mate or you and your fellow laborers here in the church, 
And that's exactly what he's going to do. If he can cause a schism, cause a division in our church, let me tell you, he's going to do it. And we, we need to keep our eyes open and be aware of these things that he's trying to do. You know, he wants to bring a schism in the church body and the devil's having a heyday in many churches, I'm telling you. Paul once again addresses this subject and warns these believers of the need to love one another. Folks, you, I, I do believe we have a blessed church. I truly believe. I think, I honestly say this, I think we have the best church in the world. I, I, I love our church. I mean, we, I, I have never been in a church that is so loving to each other. I haven't. But we can't take it for granted. It's something we've got to continue to work on and continue to, uh, you know, because not every church, I'm telling you, not every church is like this church. We need to continue to love one another. And that's what Paul's doing here. In these verses, Paul gives some warnings. And I want to give those, bring those attention to you tonight. Not because I believe that we need those per se, but we need to keep our heads above water and keep our eyes open. But number one, we need to beware of an undermining spirit. Look there in verse 1. It says, Therefore, my beloved, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. The devil will use good people to cause an undermining spirit. First, someone gets offended or uh, there is a misunderstanding. And before you know it, if they have told their friends and their friends tell their friends and there's, there's a, an undermining spirit und, uh, that's going on in the church, we've got to be aware of these things. You know, and uh, someone once said it takes two to gossip. One to be talking and the other to be listening. So we need to be careful of this. Listen, you need to be careful of someone that is trying to cause a division or undermining in the church fellowship or in the leadership. I didn't say not to love that person. I'm saying that we need to love them, but be careful. Uh, it's very contagious. We start talking about one person, then we start talking about another, and it, it, before you know it, an outbreak uh, happens in the church. You see, it's easy to understand why lost people argue and criticize. They have nothing in common. But as, as believers, as saved people, we have a commonality in the Lord. And uh, the Bible teaches us love for another is an indication that a person's truly saved. That, that we have, the Bible says in 1 John 3.14, We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. John said very bluntly in 1 John 4.20, he said this, If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? We must be careful to not merely say the right things, but live out the love towards others. Live out our love towards others and help one another out. The Bible says in 1 John 3.18, My little children... Let us love not in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. It's not just in what we say, but it's in our actions and what we do. See, love for one another is the greatest testimony that we have Christ in this world. The Bible says in John 13, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if ye have love one for another. What a great example here that God says. 
our homes and our churches can be in harmony if God is the conductor. We must be in tune with Christ if we want to be in harmony with each other. I realize the difficulty of this. Some people are just hard to love. I'm just, I, it's, they are. Uh, they're a thorn in your flesh sometimes. And, uh, but listen, I'm not saying that we need to compromise our, our position. If it's a, a Bible principle, we need to stand on that. We can do it in love. You know, I, I, there's some people that I, I disagree with. But I don't have to be mean and hateful about it. I can love them and I can encourage them and, I can, and we can agree to disagree on certain things. Bible says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. What a powerful impact our lives and our churches could have on this world if we would just learn the concept of compassion and cooperation. But then number two, beware of an upset spirit. Look there in verse two, it says, I beseech thee, Odeus, and beseech thee, Syntyche, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. Can you imagine how it would, how it would be have personally known the Apostle Paul? I mean, to have him come to our church and, and to preach or to personally get some counsel from him, what it would be like? Can you imagine these two sitting there as the letter is read to them and a, a strong rebuke from Paul and how embarrassed these two must have been that day? Listen to the Spirit of God. He's grieved when an upset spirit is, is prevails. Look, listen to Ephesians 4.30. It says this, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed into the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So often when there is a disagreement, we are quick to react in anger. We get mad. Today there was an issue that came across and I, I, my first reaction was to get mad. And before I, I, before I knew it, I was, I was upset and angry. And, and I handled it the wrong way. But then I started thinking about it and praying about it. And, and the Lord gave me some clear direction on how to proceed with some this issue. The Bible says in Proverbs 26, 21, As coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is contention a contentious man to kindle strife. Anger is just one, one short letter away from danger. You know, at the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. I heard a, a man that was, when I went to the governor and had prayer with him at the state house and, and was talking, one of the leaders, uh, one of the congressmen, I know it was one of the senators, he said this, the, the heart, at the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. And I wrote that down. I thought that was good. And he was talking about the, the shooting there in Florida. He says it's a heart problem. And I agree 100%. Well, our problem today in our society, it's, not, it's a heart problem. It's a sin problem. Let me ask you, are you angry with someone today? Every moment you're angry, you lose a moment of joy. I heard that somewhere. I wrote that down. Every moment... 
Every moment that you're angry, you lose a minute of joy. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.26, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Here a few years ago, some time ago, I was upset at a, uh, a man at Lifeline. and It was uh, over a, a silly uh, thing and I was upset with him. He had no idea that I was upset with him. So I, the Lord brought this verse to my mind and I called the man up and I said, Listen, I was angry with you. I'm going to ask you to forgive me. I shouldn't have been angry with you. I'm going to ask you to forgive me for it. And he said, Brother, I didn't even know you were mad at me. I, it's okay. But the Bible says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon thy wrath. So I wanted to make sure my heart was clear and my mind was clear for that. And the man had a lot of respect for me after that point. And it was a silly uh, thing, but he forgave me and it was all over. Beware of an upset spirit. Number three, beware of an unappreciative spirit. You know what we're breeding today? People that are unappreciative of everything. They are so they they expect things. My wife sees patients, and I know Dr. Amos sees patients as well, and they they just expect everything to be given to them. Folks, we're raising we're raising a generation that is just so unthankful. They they are not. Look there in verse three. It says, "And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labor with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life." Paul's admonishing these Christians not to forget the things that others had done for them, and for him, selfish pride and contention can cause us to be ungrateful. If you don't have a gratitude attitude, you're just having an attitude. D.L. Moody said this, Be careful for nothing, pray, be prayerful for everything, and be thankful for anything. That's the way we should live our lives. I, I'm going to say it again. Maybe you want to write it down. Be careful for nothing, be prayerful for everything, and be thankful for anything. The Bible says in First. Thessalonians 5.18, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. God blesses our lives, and yet we fail to acknowledge Him and to thank Him every day. Folks, when we wake up in the morning, do you realize that's another blessing of God's wonderful, wonderful blessing upon your life? God's been so good to us, and we need to, we need to be thankful Thankful in everything. Even when trials come our ways, we need to be thankful. The Bible says in everything give thanks. When we develop an unappreciative spirit, we, will, we are well on our way toward destruction. I'm glad we have an American holiday here that we call Thanksgiving. It's a, uh, the, the whole month usually is, uh, but especially towards the end of the month, we thank God. We're reminded to thank God for all that He has done for us. But really, uh, every day ought to be a thanksgiving day. We ought to be a day of thanking God for everything He's done for us. The child of God ought to be characterized as a, having a grateful heart. The Bible says in Psalm 50 verse 23, uh, Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. That is why we were created. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power and praise. For Thou hast created all things for Thy pleasure. They were and they are and were created. 
The Bible then goes on, number four, goes on to say, beware of an unhappy spirit. You know, uh, the, the book of Philippians, I said before, is a book of rejoicing, a book of joy. You know, and Paul's addressing this. He says there in verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. The Bible says in Psalm 144, 15, Happy is that people that in such a case, yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Folks, we ought to be the happiest people in the world. I mean, you think about this. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not up here saying... Uh, you know, prosperity preaching. I'm just saying we ought, we've been so blessed. We have a God that is in heaven. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is making intercession for us right now. And we have a home prepared for us. This is not our home. We're saved. We're not on our ways to hell. Listen, we ought to be the happiest people in the world. And so many times Christians have the bad name of always walking around being uh, uh, upset about things. And they're just uh, they're always down about things. But Christians ought to be the happiest people in the world. We have so much to rejoice in, folks. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. We may not always be able to rejoice in our circumstances, but we can always rejoice in our resources. The Apostle Paul was discouraged because of his thorn in the flesh. And the Bible says this, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. His circumstances was less than, uh, than uh, desirable, and it made it difficult for him to rejoice. But notice what he, he learned through this. Notice in verse 9 and 10 of uh, 2 Corinthians 12, it says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Paul would have chosen different circumstances. We all would... Uh, at times would rather have different circumstances but he found that the resources that he had that were available to him as a result of his circumstances were something he wouldn't trade for anything else in this world think about this when we can lean on the God of the heavens and we can lean on him what a greater resource could anyone have Whatever your circumstances are today, rejoice. It's amazing that what praising will do. There's a little song, Brother Duke, you probably know it. It's amazing what praising will do. You know that song? Isn't that, isn't that a good one? I mean, if we could just rejoice in, in what God has done for us. Then, number five, beware of an unforgiving spirit. Look there in verse 5. It says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. That word moderation here, it's a, it has the meaning of forbearance or forgiveness. Notice it's something that we are to exhibit to all men. We have no control over other people's actions, but we do have something to say about our reactions. And often it is our reactions that gets us in trouble, isn't it? I can picture myself in, 
Peter's shoes when he asked the Lord there in Matthew 18, How all shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times, he says. How many times have we thought that? When I, I can tell you I've got family members that, that have just steamrolled over me many times. And I have to come back to this verse. How often should I, should I, should I forgive them, Lord? Till seven times? Anybody else ever ask that? And the Lord says, no, seven times seventy. And I don't believe he's saying a number here. I believe he's saying just keep on forgiving. Just keep on forgiving. Aren't you thankful that we have a God? Now, if you think about this, how many times have we, we sinned against him? Seven times? Seven times 70 in a day? Folks, think about it. How we have an unforgiving spirit so often. We're forgiving. We want people to forgive us for our failures and our mistakes and our sins. But how we often are short on that forgiveness to others. The Bible teaches us that we need to continue to forgive. We often assume that receiving forgiveness is our right while forgetting that giving forgiveness is our responsibility. Someone comes to us and asks for forgiveness. It isn't, this is something that I've been working on with a, with a couple that I've been, I've been counseling. I told them, I said, we need, there needs to be some forgiveness here. Yeah, but he's done it this many times. And I had to bring him back to this portion of scripture and it says, aren't you glad that God doesn't say, well, that's enough. You, you've sinned too many times. I can't forgive you anymore. But God says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And aren't we supposed to be like Christ? So we need to have that same forgiving spirit. Continue to forgive. I know it's hard. It's easy preaching. It's hard living. See, when he chose to forgive us many times through the ages... We've sinned and we say, oh God, if you just forgive me, I'll never do it again. And then what do we do? Usually it isn't a day later and we do the same thing. We need to remember that when others sin against us. We need to have a forgiving spirit. But then, number the last thing is beware of an unexpected spirit. Unexpected spirit. The Bible says the Lord is at hand. Paul had previously mentioned Christ's return throughout his writings and we have already dealt in the previous lessons, but there is nothing that will cause us to be, uh, to be in a right fellowship or relationship with others any more than acknowledging the fact that our Father may be coming at any moment. If the Lord may come at any moment, won't that get our hearts right and in tune, ready? See, we must remember, the Bible says... There in 2 Peter 3 8, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. The fact that men scoff at the return of Christ is a clear indication that the Bible's true. 
Because the Bible predicts this attitude in the last days. Doubt never disproves God's word. Don't fall asleep in the last days. We don't know when he will come. But we do know that he's coming. And that he keeps his promises. The Bible says this in Mark 13, 35. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh at even or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I shall I say unto all, watch. In closing, too often as God's people, we get our eyes off of pleasing God and on all the pretty little problems that we have with people around us. Folks, this is, your, this is your church. This is your family. We need to continue to love one another, forgiving one another, and encouraging one another. Why? Because, folks, this is, this is our family. Can I tell you something? I, I just want to be honest with you, and this is probably the fact with most of you as well in here. This is more of my family than my own physical family. I count this church as my family. This is our this is our brothers and sisters in Christ. We ought to love one another, encouraging one another, forgiving one another, even as Christ for for God for Christ's sake hath forgiven us. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We need to heed the warnings. We're laboring together, folks. There's no big eyes and little use. We're here to work together to see the work of the Lord carried on. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. If there may be someone, I, I don't know, I don't feel like there's any undermining spirit. I don't feel like there's uh, any unforgiving spirit. I don't feel like that. But I, I would encourage you to pray for your church, pray for one another. But if you, there is an issue that you have with someone, I pray that you would go to that person, come and get me and go to that person or whatever the case may be. But make sure your heart is right. Because I believe I'm seeing a movement that the Lord's doing right here at our church right now. I believe I see it. We're seeing some visitors come. We're seeing some, we're seeing some movement. And I believe God's about to break loose on this church. I just truly believe it. And I'm, a, I'm asking God to do something. I'm praying that all of our hearts are in tune with the Lord. There's nothing that's preventing the Lord from blessing this church. The Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. The Lord's not going to bless our church if there's any schism or any undermining thing going on. So you pray for yourself and pray for this church that we would be in unity. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I do thank you for how you spoke to my heart about this thought and this lesson. How we need to pray and, and be in one accord and be in unity with one another. Lord, I pray that, uh, Lord, that you will have your, work done, your will and your work done in our lives. Lord, that we would uh, just uh, seek your face in all that we do. Lord, I pray that there's none, uh, no undermining spirit, an unforgiving spirit, or uh, Lord, just a... Uh, pray that we would be in unity and one accord with each other. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Brother Adam's going to begin playing softly. I'm going to encourage you. Maybe the Lord dealt with your heart tonight about an issue, about anything. I'm going to encourage you to just find a place at the altar and do business with God. attitude of prayer, I'm going to ask you to just remember a couple of prayer requests. I talked to a couple of preacher friends of mine and uh, uh, Brother Selby there in Brazil. He uh, was, he's just, I asked him how I could pray for him. He said that they're uh, trying to expand their parking lot. So if, uh, just for the funds and just for those things to work out. So you just pray for that situation. But also another preacher friend of mine, Brother Jones, they were trying, they were going in on their closing, I believe it was last Friday, and they stopped the proceeding, the bank stopped the proceeding, and uh, they, uh, um, so the Lord's going to have to intervene, they need to have wisdom on how to proceed, and so you pray for Brother Jeff Jones in Columbus, Indiana, and then Brother Selby there in Brazil. Pray for uh, Brother Seth as he's taken over the church there in Brazil as well. Pray for his church. Uh, what's the name of that church? Pray for Trinity ba Baptist and Brother Seth as they're, uh, they're working there. And I know we'll have a, a friend in the ministry there. So I would ask that you remember them. All right. Someone else? Prayer request? Yes. Brother Ed. Okay. 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 All right. Anybody else? All right. I know Brother Adam, Miss Evelyn, they're they're going close to the final days here. I think she's thirty eight weeks or so. And so a couple more weeks, so you pray for baby. Uh, is it Anthony? Andrew. Andrew. I knew it was an A word. So, Andrew, pray for uh, pray for Andrew and for Miss um, Evelyn, and then also for uh, Janie. She's going to be a big sister. So you pray for her and Brother Adam as well. All right. Anybody else? All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, do thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I do thank you for this privilege we have to pray. And, Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would hear these petitions and answer them according to your will. Lord, as I prayed, uh, pray for my pastor friends there, for Brother Selby, as they're trying to expand their parking lot, Lord, for the funds that would come in, and just pray that you would continue to bless his church. And, Lord, be with uh, Brother Seth as he's working there in Trinity uh, Baptist. Lord, I pray that you would just bless his ministry as well. Lord, also for Brother Jones, I pray that you give him and his church wisdom how to proceed in their uh, with uh, their building. Lord, I ask that you'd be with our church. Help us to grow in spirit and in number. Lord, I do ask that you would be with uh, uh, this family in time of bereavement. Uh, Lord, as, uh, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, minister to them. And Lord, I pray for um, um, baby Andrew. Lord, as 
Uh, he'll be making his appearance here in just a, a couple weeks or so. And Lord, we ask that you would just uh, be with Miss Evelyn and pray that they will be healthy and uh, everything will go well. Lord, pray that you would uh, just encourage them. And Lord, again, thank you for all that you do. We will just uh, praise your holy name for all that you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's give a few announcements here. I want to remind you, uh, Time Change Sunday is this coming Sunday, so don't forget uh, you need to spring forward. I've seen a sign that says uh, we need to spring into uh, spring in with Jesus so we don't fall back into sin or something like that. I've seen that on a church sign, and so uh, I thought that was pretty good. But anyway, so you pray for, uh, pray for uh, this coming Sunday's services. And then don't forget, on March the 18th in our PM service, Missionary Jong from uh, the Philippines. I, I keep wanting to say the Philippians. So the Philippines, he's going to be with us. And uh, he, he's, he's been with us the last two or three years and been an encouragement to our church family. So that will be in the PM service. And then Sunday, March 25th is our teen service. Uh, also, Friday, uh, March the 30th is our Good Friday service. I want you to uh, plan on being here. And uh, we're going to have services here. Brother West is going to preach it. Brother Birch Church is going to uh, have their choir here. And they're going to be leading the music. And uh, we're going to take care of the, the children's ministries and stuff like that. And so that's going to be a wonderful thing that three churches being able to serve in, uh, together in unity. And looking forward to that wonderful service. And then on Saturday, April the 7th is our prayer breakfast. And then also Friday and Saturday, April 27th and 28th is our couples retreat. And there's a sign-up sheet on the back table. I think that's all the announcements. If you have an offering, you can just lay it in the offering plate on the way out. Let's all stand and we'll close in a word of prayer. Thank you for being here tonight. And come back this coming Sunday expecting a blessing from the Lord. All right. It's good to have Brother Greg feeling better with us tonight. And I'm going to ask you to close, sir. Another day of life, another day to live for you, to serve you, to love you, to fellowship with you. We thank you for our church, family, Lord, and the pastor and his family. And, and Father, the Lord, you just continue, Lord, to keep us in one accord, Lord, you be able to look through us. And Father, we just pray that our church will continue to grow and see the soul saved. Father, we just pray for our missionaries tonight that we help support, Lord, that we know that uh, you just send the Holy Spirit out ahead before them, ahead of them, Lord, that the hearts be receptive as they preach the gospel, that souls be saved, the church is planted, the pastor is called in your service. Father, supply their every need and protect them, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name.